Hot. SMS SAFM now on 41391. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. Songhez on SAFM. Dr. Sasanda Ngwala, good evening, Doc. Thank you so much for your time. You're a mother, you're a wife, you are a lecturer, mother of twins, and a boy after that. And you did your PhD. <laughs> Amazing stuff. Well done. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Fongezo. Good evening to you and to the listeners. Tell us how you did that. And I don't want to start spilling the beans, so tell us the truth now and avoid me asking <laughs> further questions. Look, I think it's a whirlwind, you know. Um, the fact that I managed to do it in record time <laughs> is, is, is really just testament to a lot of things, not least of which is an incredible supervisor and just support structure within the institution, but also a real interest and passion in the topic of my study, which looked at news reports on crime and justice and just feeling like, um, especially with COVID and all of the kind of experiences of crime under that um, that era, um, that the study needed to be completed and so that I can publish from it. So it was it was both the, the domestic support and the personal support, but also just the need and um, drive for the academic aspect to be done so that I can start implementing or sharing findings, um, hopefully for the benefit of society. Let's talk about the studies themselves. Go into some detail about the topic and particularly what would have agitated for you to probe it as you did. So my topic, Sonia, looks at news reports, focusing on television in particular, on crime and justice in South Africa. And it seeks to understand how what we watch on TV news persuades us around the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it comes from a place of having worked as a journalist at the station in courts and realizing what one scholar calls the, um, the media's iron grip on the legal imagination of people, that most people's understanding of crime and justice isn't because they've experienced the system, but because of what they've seen. And so I thought to understand in how we construct news reports on rapes, on murders, on court cases, mm. what are they persuading society of? And yeah, it was quite fascinating just in terms of the areas. So one, so the the thing with crime, obviously, it's 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 very topical. Um, one of the aspects that happened to unfold during my period of data collection was the farm murder. Um, I think it was in the free state. Senegal. Uh, uh, yes, Senegal. And just looking at the issue, for example, of how we report on farm murders and the narrative around that and where it comes from with issues of the Swat Khafar and how uncritical. Unfortunately, journalists tend to be because of the, the, the framing that we've just adopted 
So from farm murders was also um, an interesting chapter that looked at the role of our police minister, Begitrele, in the criminal justice system and how, um, what what I, I laughed when I saw this, but he's the most dominant player in terms of how often he is reported on. And yet, when he's reported on, it's not that he's doing anything, he's just saying things. <laughs> so that just this performative justice, where you've got an actor who's empowered to act, but when he appears in our bulletins, it's not necessarily doing that. You're so picking a, a fight with Lorenzo now. <laughs> Sorry, it's the findings, not me. <laughs> So it's really just that, and um, yeah, you know, what are we, what are, sorry, uh, go ahead. Can can I interpret for myself what I think I've heard, and and I would love Mm -hmm. to be wrong, but I think what I'm hearing is there's also a certain way in which the reporting of crime, and you haven't used this word, this is me, getting Mm -hmm. to understand what I think you are saying, there are certain narratives that are built in around the nature of the crime and how it is linked to a particular people or class of people. I'm not going to necessarily say race. But for instance, just a few years ago, there was that rape incident at a Pretoria restaurant of that Mm -hmm. young eight-year-old girl by that young man who happened to be a white individual who subsequent to his being charged was then interviewed by the broadcaster, state broadcaster, incidentally. One of my colleagues across the road went and interviewed the mother of that child Mm -hmm. who then went on to national television to essentially profile her child as a good boy. And it wasn't him who did that, more than he being overcome by whatever it was. That received Mm -hmm. a great public backlash precisely because the question that was asked was how many rapers or those who have been charged with the crime of rape have had their mothers or their sympathizers being interviewed to give Mm -hmm. the rape um, perpetrator, if you like, a more human face or a human touch associated with that. Have you, through the course of your studies, gone on to perhaps probe the question as to whether or not the profiling of a certain class or designation or demographic of people vis-a-vis certain crimes get profiled one way and another class of people on the same crime get profiled a different way? No, I haven't done that yet, Songhezo. And I think now that the, the study is done, um, that kind of comparison is certainly something I want to look at. But incidentally, I did look at the Nicholas Minow case that you mentioned in my mm. study. But from the perspective of how do we report on crimes where the victims are children, and how does that reporting help or hinder um, justice in terms of really delving into the deeper issues. And I found there, I've I've got a paper published um, where the the emotive element, rather than allowing the, the justices to really articulate what is at the heart of the issue, actually takes away, like you said, it, it brings in aspects that um, within the public can be viewed as sympathizing or vilifying particular kinds of criminals, maybe based on their race, maybe based on their gender, because one of the, the perpetrators in um, this particular kind of crime was a mother who killed her four children. I think you'll remember mm, her, Zinke. Mm, mm. Yes. So I, I, I look at that aspect and how does issues of gender and race when 
um, crimes are committed against children um, feed into how they are reported on and then what does that persuade society of. So I, I, I think it's very interesting that you raise comparing um, across maybe races or ages within a category of crime, which I haven't done yet. And I think that's definitely something I'd love to do in in taking the study forward. Certainly. Look, I wouldn't have this program and this particular conversation complete. I certainly wouldn't complete it without having this particular caller contributing. You mentioned domestic support in the course of your studies, domestic support that I know all too well for he was once my technical producer in my (laughs) erstwhile life at 567 Cape Talk. Good evening, Mr. Nguala, the husband oh to goodness. Dr. Nguala. Fusi, good evening. Hey, song, nice well, to hear from you, bro. Thank you so much, man. Good to have you on the program. <laughs> the other side of Dr. Nguala, what did you have to put up with? What about this journey and this degree do you claim as like, listen here, part of that degree is mine. Come on, out with it now. What does not go into an academic thesis that you wish the people knew? Uh, Songs, if you remember those days, we used to, the years when we used to spend the whole night doing the night shows. Mm -hmm. And we thought that was like a, a challenge for us, you know. And I'm telling you that that was nothing compared to what I had to go through with someone who keeps on waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning to keep on writing thesis <laughs> and all of those things. So it's been one of those uh, challenging journeys, but uh, quite uh, quite enjoyable, you know, so to witness it on the side as well. And in all of this, there are three kids. Of the three, two come at the same time. <laughs> and that's and why I had to write that. at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Good gracious, you guys are a power couple. It certainly does call for us just for a moment to pause and just think about the great achievement that this is. A young couple who didn't at all let up on being parents to their kids who have had to survive and thrive in these very challenging economic times. Fusi, I remember you were there telling me that you need to go on your own because it was just not working out for you at that stage in relation to your career. Little would one ever have thought it would culminate in what it has now. Dr. Nguala, in record time, three kids later, and the love between the two of you is so palpable for it is so strong. I can only thank you for being a good example of what a husband and a father is, just as much it is also due for me to use Sasanda to say well done on your scholarship. But more importantly now, that scholarship can't be for you, otherwise it becomes a scholarship in vain. How do we engage questions of media freedoms? How do we engage questions of distributing information, albeit through the classroom in one aspect, but also in terms of how the industry ought to develop and shape up? Um, so I really uh, believe that academia needs to be plugged into whatever industry it speaks into. And I have endeavored to do that through my involvement, for example, with the South African Press Council, um, where we look at uh, things like media discourse and how it affects um, issues of media freedom. But moreover, you know, opportunities like this, Sonia, is a way uh, reporters and um, talk show hosts like you take the work seriously enough to interrogate and and give feedback and say, look here, you know, you are a little too theoretical on the ground. This is what's happening, so that these findings are not pie in the Very sky, well. but translate into 
editorial and newsroom practice changes. We'll certainly call on your expertise in the production room. For now, I absolutely am out of time. So, Sasan Nguala, thank you so much. For you and everybody else, it's Dr. Nguala. Thank you so much.